Something big is coming. You can probably feel it. Everybody can feel it. The next 12 months is going to be a wild time, probably like nothing any of us has ever seen. An economic meltdown, an unresolvable presidential race, unprecedented global migration, entire populations moving from continent to continent, metastasizing foreign wars, chaos. Suddenly, everything seems at stake, control of the world and of your soul. How are you going to respond to all of this? The first step is knowing what's actually happening. That's not easy. Who's an ally? Who's an enemy? You can't always tell. What's true and what's a lie? Sometimes it's hard to know. There's so much deception. Big media companies won't help. Their job is to manipulate you. The government? Please. When was the last time you believed a word they said? Probably before COVID. We've been thinking a lot about all of this for the past eight months. We've traveled to various countries around the world to see what America looks like from far away. Sometimes distance gives you perspective. We've decided that we need something new, something relentlessly honest that the corporate gatekeepers can't touch. So we built a company called Tucker Carlson Network. We'll be rolling it out starting now. You may have already seen some of our content on X. Expect a lot more of that. Interviews, documentaries, analysis, facts and honesty every day. We've got a lot of good people working on this and we think it's gonna make a difference. You can head to tuckercarlson.com to learn more. We hope you will. Thanks. They told you the guys torching Wendy's in 2020 were mostly peaceful. They said that masks worked. They told you the vax was safe. They tried to convince you that Russia blew up its own pipeline. The corporate media lied too much, and it killed them. We're driving to see Julian Assange. Believe me when I wait, tell wait, you. Wait, wait, wait. I should be yeah. boycotting Bud Light. Fantastic job. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> that was amazing. Okay, it's Wednesday, 13 December in the year of our Lord, 2023. We're here for the second hour of the morning edition of the war. We want to thank everybody. Particularly want to thank Tucker Carlson. Tucker, I think a lot of people have been waiting for this for a long time. Even before you decided to leave Fox, I think a lot of people, your friends and colleagues, say, why don't you just go do it yourself? It's better than where you are. Talk to us about what you, what this is, what the rollout is, how do people participate, and quite frankly, why did you decide to do it, given the fact that you could do anything, including just kick your feet up and go fly fishing out in Montana? Well, not to be pedantic. First of all, thank you for having me. Um, I didn't decide to leave Fox. <laughs> Actually, it just shows you that we shouldn't really be in control of our own lives. Not that we are anyway. Um, we're not. But it's a good thing because I would have, you know, I would have stayed forever. You know, it, it, you don't move unless prodded, or at least speaking for myself, just because you get caught up in the day to day and doing a new thing is time consuming and weird and kind of scary. And so I n probably never would have done it. Um, but thankfully it was done for me. So wh why, well, um, the answer is, um, yeah, I, I guess I could sit around. I've got a couple books I want to write that no one would ever read, but I want to write anyway. Um, but I thought, you know, I, I should do what I've done my whole life. It's the only thing I have done is work in the news business. And this coming year, I think, is a bigger deal than maybe most people appreciate. And I think that most news coverage is designed to keep you from appreciating it. There is a reset underway. I know it's the topic of your show every day. And so people who watch this know it, but I don't think most people do. There's a reset globally. 
that will change the way that we live and completely change the world that our, our grandchildren inhabit. And so I wanted to have a voice in the middle of that. And I don't flatter myself and think I'm indispensable in any sense. I'm certainly not indispensable. But we don't have too many outlets for honesty anymore that doesn't have some weird agenda. I mean, as I get older, I'm, I'm more convinced that presenting any set of facts or the news with an agenda blinds you to what's actually going on. First of all, it's inherently dishonest because it's propaganda by definition. But moreover, it makes you incurious. If you're so goal-oriented, I need to convince my audience of whatever, this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated or, or whatever it is that you want to tell people, if you're solely focused on that, you sort of miss all the stuff that's going on around you and there's just so much. So uh, we wanted to create an eyes open, honest news channel outlet platform and we wanted to do it without fear of being shut down. And one of the main ways you're shut down, and I've lived this for decades, is by advertising boycotts. And so you kind of have to find a new model that allows you to pay everybody. We've got a staff of 20 already, it'll be much bigger, um, without kind of being at the mercy of corporate interests. And um, the subscription model is really the only one. And so it does, I mean, that's not the only thing we're doing, of course, but it's, it's the core business because it, you know, you can build a fortress against media matters, et cetera. You have to do that, as you know. Your, your father was a journalist and you started and you gave the speech, I'll get to in a minute, in Heritage and talked about the arc. When did you notice, you, like in this open, you eviscerate what we call the corporate media. When, when did it come? When was your awakening, even at Fox? Because your show was obviously quite different than the rest of the offerings over there at Murdoch News. When did it become apparent to you that something your father dedicated his life to, that you had dedicated your life to, had fundamentally changed? That there was a different, this corporate media was quite different than journalism that had traditionally been one of the strengths of, uh, of the United States of America? <laughs> I mean, I was the last to know, honestly. I hate to say that. I wish I'd known 30 years ago. I had no freaking idea. It's, it's almost like you, if you've ever known someone who's gotten divorced from an alcoholic spouse and he doesn't really realize he's married to an alcoholic until he gets divorced. Everyone's like, wow, you know, your, your spouse was a drunk. If you're very close to something, it's, it's hard to see it. And I was born in that world. I've lived in it my entire life, the world that I'm now in opposition to. So I'm not coming at it from the outside. I'm coming at it very much as a survivor uh, from the inside. And so I just didn't see it. And it happened, of course, incrementally. The first, the big step for me um, in my rethinking the world was the Iraq war. And I just checked, I was talking to a friend of mine, uh, it was 20 years ago today that I went to Iraq and I had advocated for that war um, because why wouldn't I? You know, I was a right winger in Washington with a daily TV show at CNN. And then I went to Iraq and my head exploded. It, I won't bore you, but it was exactly uh, the opposite of what I had anticipated. And it, it taught me so much. And the main thing it taught me was everything we'd been saying about it was a lie. And I'd participated in that lie. So that kind of began the transformation, though, of course, it took a long time for it to reach the point it is now. And I'm changing every day in my views. Um, but it, it, I would just say two things. One, if you look carefully at almost any story, um, if you learn the facts about it, and then you compare that to what everyone is saying about it, 
you know, the spread is just enormous. Like it, the, the reality of what's happening bears literally no resemblance and very often it's the mirror image of, of what everyone is saying. Like, what is that? It can't be an accident. If it keeps happening, you know, if it turns out the vax is not the thing that saves you, but the thing that hurts you, if it turns out that Zelensky is not Churchill, he's actually kind of bears more resemblance to the other guy, um, you know, that the Ukraine is not a democracy or whatever. I mean, just sort of pick your mass media story that we're bombarded with every day. And not only are they not true, they're the inverse of the truth. And then you see a pattern because it's unmistakable that this is happening on purpose. And then you have to sort of wonder about why it's happening. Like, what is the point of all of this? And I haven't cracked that mystery. I've got some thoughts on it, but I don't really know. But all I know is I can't, you know, I can't participate in that. And I do think, last thing I'll say is that the key to fighting back is telling the truth with the knowledge that you will sometimes get it wrong. Um, but, but I mean really telling the truth, really telling the truth, and not simply in public, but in private, trying to become, to the best you can, an honest person. No exaggeration, no bullshit, just no lying. Just try to be as, and, and by the way, if there are things you can't say, don't say them, but don't participate in a lie knowingly on any level ever. And that's a discipline that's new to me. It's amazing how often I fell short of that and I didn't realize, I've always thought of myself as an honest person, but if you try to adopt the discipline of honesty, and it is a discipline, you realize how bad you are at it. But I think as you progress, you become stronger inside. I think the key to strength, and strength is the essential quality right now, is honesty. And so anyway, it, again, that's not just a, a question of like what I'm doing for work. It's a question of the man I want to become. But once you do that, like everything changes in you. I want to go, I don't have the, I'll play the heritage clips next, but this is very much what your part, the key part of your heritage speech was, I thought. You talked about American institutions, and then you talked about it would just become so commonplace to lie or misrepresentation. What do you hope to, is this get back to the rot in the country, the rot of the elites and just the institutions of this continually lying and that the lying and misrepresenting of the truth or spin has now infected all of our institutions? I think you used the quote, uh, sad, weak people lead to weak institutions in a weak country. Is that is that the core of this yes. about lying and about getting back to central truths? Yeah, of, of course it is. And that that principle holds across the board. I mean, weak men lead to angry women who are like, kind of the, you know, the defining population of our country right now, angry, unsatisfied women. And they got that way because the men in their lives are weak. So that's always true across the board. But I, I would say it's probably deeper than that. Institutions are comprised of people. And so what happens inside people determines the nature of the institution. And so I think it's darker and bigger than that. There's a spirit of dishonesty and destruction that's set on the country. Why would you wreck your own country? You live here, and so do your kids and the grandchildren you hope to have. And, and yet every institution is being destroyed from within. You're seeing mass suicide across the West, not just in this country, but throughout the Anglosphere and a lot of Western Europe. And like, what is that? You know, that's not normal. It's not politics. It's not ideology. It's not, they can't even articulate what they believe. They don't know what they believe. They're seized by a spirit of destruction and dishonesty. And so that really gets into the metaphysical at that point. You know, you're describing the spiritual realm, and that's something I'm hardly an expert on. But I, I'm, the, my only talent is just noticing things. And I do notice that. So how do you fight it? Well, I don't know. I've never been in politics. I'm terrible at, I can't even run my own office. I'm not good at administering anything. So I've got no hope of helping in that way. I just believe on a core level that the truth will set you free. 
That is absolutely right. If you tell the truth, you are freer inside. And if you tell the truth at scale, so is your country. And so I, I'm not, that's not a mystical observation. Um, I'm not a mystical person. I think that's a verifiable observation. That actually happens. And so our job is just to tell the truth, not for the sake of hurting people or rattling their cages or giving the finger to the libs or whatever, which I, I, I'm be honest, I do enjoy, but that's a low impulse. Pissing people off is not the goal. Liberating them and our country is the goal. And, and I think the only way to do that is by telling the truth calmly. Was there, because this is also personal, not just professional, you say in your own life, you're, you're doing it now and you're, you're feeling that you're, uh, uh, you're kind of going next level. What was the moment, if you can go back and think about it, what was the moment, the catharsis, what was the moment that Tucker Carlson realized that in your own personal life or your own professional life, but institutionally, that this truth was not the central, not the organizing principle? Is there any moment you can point to or any time period? Yes. Yes, it was in um, de late December of 2003, and I actually approached it backwards as I do so often in my life. I sort of missed the point and stumble into it. But um, w I was in Iraq, and I was so upset about what I saw. And then, secondarily, I was upset about my role in it. I mean, I, you know, I had the second highest rated show on CNN, which was the highest rated channel at the time. And here I was advocating for this thing that was terrible. And I knew it wouldn't get better. I knew it was a disaster immediately. I arrived in Iraq the day that Saddam was captured, December 13th, 2003. And I was like, this is, a, I cannot believe I advocated for this. So I wound up for, and I can't remember how, but doing an interview with the New York Times from Iraq. And I, and I just said it out loud. I can't believe that I participated in something like this. I wasn't responsible for the war, but I was one of the cheerleaders, low-grade cheerleaders for it. Against my own instincts, by the way, I knew this was a bad idea, but I allowed myself to believe that it wasn't, which is always a mistake. And here's the point. As soon as I said that, as soon as I admitted my own culpability and silliness um, and my complicity in something evil, I felt so much better. You know, admitting, it's, it's very easy to tell the truth about other people, very easy. Oh, you're fat, okay, you know, that's no skin off my butt saying that to, to somebody. But I am fat, I'm, you know, that's really hard to say. It's really hard to admit the truth about yourself, but it's the key. It's always the key. So admitting who you are is the moment you become liberated. It's a prerequisite for all the Abrahamic faiths. It's, of course, the key to the recovery programs, to AA. And by the way, it's the key to life. And it's the key to strength. As soon as you do that, you get this weird power. Um, not a destructive power, not a power to rule over other people, but a strength. And so I remember that experience. I remember thinking that was just absolutely incredible. And that's happened to me a few times. Like, you know, someone gets in your face, you can't say that, and, you're, and you, you stay calm, and you say, well, I'm, I'm just going to say it anyway because I think it's true. I experienced this with the Ukraine thing. It was so obvious to me that this was a terrible idea for Ukraine and mostly for the United States, wow. that if we continued with this, this regime sanction, stealing people's stuff, we would yeah. get hurt. And anyway. T t t Tucker, hang on for one second. We'll take a short commercial break. We'll return with Tucker Carlson. Just a moment. I know this is hard to believe, but we're up against another government shutdown later this month, and our wise leaders deal with it how they always do, with more spending. While lawmakers are high-fiving, your savings account continues to lose value because more spending weakens the dollar. Now end the cycle. Diversify into gold with the help of Birch Gold Group. And listen, when you open a gold IRA for every $10,000 you spend by December 22nd, 
Birch Gold will send you a free gold bar. Let me repeat that. For every 10000 you spend by December 22nd, Birch Gold will send you a free gold bar. Just text Bannon to 989898 to claim eligibility before Black Friday. Birch Gold can help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a gold IRA for no money out of pocket. And you still get the free gold bar. Don't let your savings become a victim of the further devaluation of the dollar. Remember, the BRICS countries are focused 100% on de-dollarization. Text Bannon to 989898. Receive a free gold information kit and claim your eligibility before Black Friday to receive free gold bars on your qualified purchase. Do it today. Action, action, action. And you see so many people break under the strain, under the downward pressure of whatever this is that we're going through. And you look with disdain and sadness as you see people you know become quislings, you see them revealed as cowards, you see them going along with a new, new thing, which is clearly a poisonous thing, a silly thing. You know, saying things you know they don't believe because they want to keep their jobs. If there's a single person in this room who hasn't seen that, through George Floyd and COVID and the Ukraine war, raise your hand. Oh, nobody, right, you all know what I'm talking about. And you're so disappointed in people. You know, you are, and you realize that the herd instinct is maybe the strongest instinct. I mean, it may be stronger than the hunger and sex instincts, actually. The instinct, which again is inherent to be like everybody else and not to be cast out of the group, not to be shunned, that's a very strong impulse in all of us from birth. And it takes over, unfortunately, in moments like this, and it's harnessed, in fact, by bad people in moments like this to produce uniformity. And you see people going along with this and you lose respect for them. And that certainly happened to me at scale over the past three years. I'm not mad at people, I'm just sad, I'm disappointed. How could you go along with this? You know it's not true, but you're saying it anyway? Really, you're putting your pronouns in your email? You're ridiculous. So for every 10 people who are putting he and him, him in their electronic JP Morgan email signatures, there's one person who's like, no, I'm not doing that. Sorry, I don't wanna fight, but like, I'm not doing that. It's a betrayal of what I think is true. It's a betrayal of my conscience, of my faith, of my sense of myself, of my dignity as a human being, of my autonomy. I am not a slave, I am a free citizen, and I'm not doing that. And there's nothing you can do to me to make me do it. And I hope it won't come to that. But if it does come to that, here I am. Here I am. It's Paul on trial. Here I am. Um, by the way, Tucker's going to be the keynote this weekend at AmpFest. We want everybody to get there. Tucker's going to have the major address. He's the keynote. Tucker, your friend and colleague, Andrew Breitbart, I always, my years knowing you guys, both you guys were both warriors, but upbeat, optimistic. The sunlit uplands is right there. I noticed, and maybe there's the heritage speech and a couple others you've given. It's not just a simple, a different gravitas. There's something now dark in these speeches that that is not like the Tucker Carlson I remember. What what is that? These these this, and I think you've done three or four in a row now over the last six months that have this central thesis to it. What is that? Well, it's a reflection of uh, what I see, which is darkness all, all around us. And it's not explicable in conventional political terms, even in human terms. There's something else going on. I don't pretend to understand it, um, but it's unmistakable. 
I, I, and I probably should leaven those speeches with the other observation, which is the upside. You know, if 95% of the people you know have decided to repeat lies, there's 5% who refuse. And those turn out to be the best people, the most honest people, also the most interesting people um, in the country. And so I would say, you know, and I should always say this, that the last four years has been so distressing as you watch, the, well, I watched the country I grew up in destroyed. Um, but it's also been, and lost so many friends, and some people won't talk to me anymore, and et cetera, et cetera. Everyone watching knows the feeling. But I've met so many other people who I just think are the finest people I've ever met. And so the depth, the richness of my personal relationships has just, has just really um, improved. It's incredible. Uh, you know what I mean? So like, as disappointed as you are with most people, you're even more impressed by the people around you. That's how I feel about the people who I work with, the people in my family. My family's never been closer. I mean, evil is counterbalanced by its opposite. That is kind of, a, it's almost a physics principle. It's certainly a spiritual principle. And I think the opposite wins in the end. The goodness wins in the end. Even, But you know, there's gonna be some suffering between here and there, obviously. But I mean, I take great delight in the people around me every single day. And I, and I should say that, I'm almost always in a good mood. You know, but I am when I think about the future, particularly what's happening with immigration, I'm very concerned about that. I don't think you can let in tens of millions of people, young men, and then try to usher them into the military um, and see that as not ominous. It's very ominous. I mean, what is that exactly? Um, and I think, I think it's very dark. And I don't fully understand what it is, but I think of all the things we should be paying attention to, we should be focused on that. The idea that you let in, you know, you're, millions of people from Africa and Latin America and give them automatic weapons in your own country, I, I, you know, we should think about that. And we should be very afraid of that. When you talk about that, you've been the one guy from Spain to Brazil to Argentina. You've been the person that's gone out and been the connective tissue to Hungary multiple times. Is, there, is this a global phenomenon, not just in this country, and do you see a fight back when you go to Spain and see Vox, when you go to Hungary and see Orban, when you see what's happening in Argentina? I, I do. I mean, of course. And I'm struck, and I, I mean, you were on this before anyone I knew, uh, and seeing the connections. I mean, Brexit, in, in fact, it was your analysis of Brexit that really changed my mind on a lot of things. To me, it was like the sort of sad declining country my ancestors came from, England, which basically no longer exists, and I didn't pay attention to it, And but you did, because you saw what I now see, which is that all of this is very similar. It's not identical. Different countries have, of course, histories and cultures and languages that are different, but um, the theme is the same, and that is the end of democracy and oligarchy by, you know, a group of unelected people um, who you know, have most of the power and are trying to end uh, democracy. And democracy simply defined is, you know, giving political power to the majority uh, and they don't have any left. So yes, of course, there is, you know, there's a thread that connects all of these. I will say Hungary is very different in that Orban has power. He runs the country. And um, almost none of these other countries have a situation like that. So Hungary really is, uh, is the place to look for what the U.S. could be. And by the way, last thing I'll say, Hungary is not a radical place at all. It's not a right, you know, right-wing biosphere or something like that. It's America 1988 or something. I mean, it's totally recognizable. It's moderate. Their opposition voices are not only allowed, but are prominent. 
it's it's kind of the democracy you want to live in. It has a freer media than we do. So the idea that it's some right-wing hellscape or something is like insane. And I would just encourage anyone who's interested to go there. It's also a, a very pretty country with nice people and good food. But leaving that aside, it's like if if they think that is radical, if Ann Applebaum calls that Nazism or something, then Ann Applebaum <laughs> is the totalitarian, actually. So I'm serious. Exactly, as we think here. Um, Tucker, about the new company, how do people get to the content? You've got, obviously, legions of fans uh, that, that are here and at AmpFest on, on, uh, over the weekend. How do people, where, how do they get to the new company? Where do they go? How do they sign up? How do they become part of this? It sounds uh, incredibly exciting, and you're a big punchback, and, and we know everybody's got your back. So how, how do we all participate? You just go to TuckerCarlson.com. It's super simple. It's it's right there. Um, it's a subscription service. A lot of our stuff, well, all of our stuff, to some extent, will be um, premiering on X. And then for the full, you know, for the full thing, you go to the website. A lot of our stuff on X will be the the full interview or documentary or whatever. Um, but again, the point is to create a news company that challenges the monopoly and does it in a way that's enduring. I mean, my timeline, you know, I'm a very short-term thinker actually, and I'm just thinking I want to make it to December 2024 because I think it's a absolutely pivotal moment, and a lot of things are going to happen and. and an almost unimaginable number of changes are going to take place between now and then, and I and I want to have a place where people can know what they are. You know, this is the problem with the with the immigration thing, and I won't be long, but in one sentence, it's completely changing the United States forever, and most people have no sense of that at all because they live in their in their world. I mean, I live in my world. I live in a really rural area that hasn't changed since I was a child very much. But America is changing and the place is just so big that you don't know. And so I want to chronicle that and I want to let people know what's happening. And if they're in, in favor of it, you know, this becoming a third world country, then okay, they're in favor of it, but they should at least know what's happening. TuckerCarlson.com, you can get the full everything, the documentaries, the interviews, your insights, other things. The Twitter aspect of it, for, for Twitter, what do people go there? You're going to have snippets on there, or they just go to TuckerCarlson.com, yeah, and, and that's where they go. And the full thing. And see it all. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, every, I mean, the truth is none of this would be possible without that platform, without X, because the website formerly called Twitter, because it's the last big, you know, at scale platform in the world that allows free speech. The la I mean, there's nothing else like it. And so we've been really grateful. I, I would have, I don't know what I would have done if Elon hadn't just reminded me, hey, you could come here and post your stuff here. I've never taken a dollar from Elon Musk. I don't work for him. I, I don't plan to. But the fact that he's done this um, and kept it open, and I, you know, I, may it stay open unto the generations. Who knows what will happen? But for now, it is open, and so um, you know, our stuff will run substantially there, and then a lot of other stuff on our website. TuckerCarlson.com, the new network, the new uh, competitor to corporate media. Everybody has been waiting for this. We're very excited. Everybody, go over there now and sign up. Tucker, we'll see you at Amfest. People are very excited to see you out there in the flesh. Last question, we've got about 30 seconds. Just give me the title of one of the two books you want to write that nobody will read. I, I, I would beg to differ if people would want to read them, but just give me, give me the title, the working title of one of them. 
I, I've, I've already written them in my head. One is a biography of my father, who's an amazing man, um, that I will write someday wow. for my children. And the second is a book called In Defense of Nature, uh, which I've also substantially written, but not, a, not put on paper. So yeah, I'm gonna write those at some point. Wow. Tucker Carlson, honored to have you on here. Good luck. Fair winds and following seas, as we say in the Pacific Fleet, sir. (laughs) Thanks, brother. Thank you. Tucker Carlson's launch, TuckerCarlson.com. Go there right now. Sign up. Charlie Kirk's going to join us after the break. Tucker's going to be at AmFest, and so should you. Don Jr.'s going to be there. Kimberly's going to be there. Your humble servants here at the War Room, the entire team are going to be there. Make sure you sign up. We're going to take a short commercial break. By the way, that was great. I'm going to have another, I'm going to have another big slug of Warpath coffee. Warpath.coffee slash Warroom. Best dark roast ever made. The Mariner's Blend. Dark roast like it should be. Short commercial break. The Charlie Kirk on the other side. It's clear the unthinkable is here. Our most trusted institutions now deceive us boldly every day. Something's clearly wrong. Time is short to become more self-reliant and secure. The future of you and your family. Act today with My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply, the country's largest preparedness com- company. Let me repeat that. It's the country's largest preparedness company. They've been at this a long time. And they're more equipped than ever to stock your shelves. Their best-selling three-month emergency food kit provides delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners that last up to 25 years in storage. And right now, it's 200 bucks off. You get over 2,000 calories every day. Just add water, heat, and then eat. And remember, you get $200 off if you order today. Make sure every member of your family has a three-month food kit from My Patriot Supply. Go right now to MyPatriotSupply.com for the $200 savings. Be sure to order by 3 p.m. and your order ships free the same day. It's best to have emergency food and not need it than to need it and not have it. Take $200 off at MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com. It's the biggest preparedness company in the segment. Make sure you take advantage of their consultants. Go there today. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. You know, it's a huge endeavor, um, what Tucker um, is doing. That's a huge endeavor because you're launching, you know, a channel. I mean, here at the War Room, I mean, Lord, just keeping up with the War Rooms. Uh, Now, it is four hours a day, and we're six days a week, at least for the morning show on Saturday. But, man, this is a lot of work, and... um, Tucker's just the guy to do it. I think people have been waiting for this for a long time. Seems like a big gap from when he was on. And it's just, you know, the Murdoch News Network is so, like they they, they had, I'm not making this up, they had, um, Ducey was uh, off the Murdoch poll on uh, Nikki. You know, she's up, I don't know how many over Biden. They're all skipping around on it. But it's all, it's all ephemeral. It doesn't mean anything. It's not relevant. But the next day, they're on the couch saying, oh, she should run as an independent. Remember this whole thing. I think Don Jr. went off, and, and, and I, I humbly say that we were the first. Don Jr. came in yesterday. I mean, power hit it. Um, this Nikki deal is not about beating Trump. She's not going to beat Trump in New Hampshire, no matter how many people converge around this. But it is, um, 
it's all to force her on the ticket as the VP, and then she would run the administration. She would be like the prime minister to Trump's kind of chairman, right? Uh, like Cheney and Bush. That ain't going to happen. I think there's enough people like Don Jr., myself, and others that say, no way, not going to happen, zero chance. Good donors, push as hard as you want, will not happen. That would be so poisonous to the Trump second term. And President Trump has a very defined today. The lead story in The Hill, I've got it up on Getter, but the lead story in The Hill, the lead story, was how all this talk about Trump as a dictator has only helped him. Because when people say it, he's not saying he's going to be a dictator. Remember, he's against these FISA extensions. You see um, Cash and people on her all the time. He's the one that's sitting there, does not want to spy, does not want to surveil citizens. Trump's the farthest thing from a dictator. And you see that in his policies. And people can compare what life was then to what life is now and what we found out. And even to the fact that people like Elon Musk, and look, people know I'm no fan of Elon Musk, but even what he's tried to do to Twitter, although I don't think he's a free speech absolutist, it's certainly very different than the FBI-controlled asset it was. And Tucker, that's why Tucker's show stood out so much on Fox, because he had actually at least quasi-independence or independence before they fired him. And that's what that gap's been in, in, the, in the news and you know, with the Alex Joneses and the War Rooms, other shows like this, and the radio content. But that's why Tucker's uh, that the Tucker point of view, uh, and also he's much more. Remember, he's a professional journalist. Alex Jones, Steve Bannon, these others were not professional journalists. I've never ever said I was a professional journalist. I was a professional uh, naval officer, and I was a professional financier. That was my career until you know I started making films, became a filmmaker. I actually didn't want to drop it. I'm not going to tell you the film I'm making, but we're actually, for the first time, I think in five years. Is it five years? I think first time in five years I'm making another film. Uh, one that has to come out. Not the big project I'm working on, but this has got to come out. It's got an immediacy to it. So we've actually been filming. Um, but Tucker, this is a huge endeavor. That's why go check it out. TuckerCarlson.com and go check it out. And Tucker is going to be at AmFest with us this week. Um and at AmFest, I'm actually going to do a breakout session, trying to do a breakout session, at least one segment of the show, to have people, and maybe we can ask questions about the, the macro of what's happening with gold, the macro uh, geopolitical and financial events that are happening. Um, Philip Patrick and I, and we're, Philip's going to be back on the show on Saturday. Last Saturday was great, our back and forth. Maybe I can get Philip out to, out to AmFest. That's what I do. He's in L.A. Maybe him fly out there and we do a, we do a, a, a two-hander. But I really want – I want to make sure that a working class and middle class audience has a really good understanding of the dollar and how important currency is in your life and the strength of that currency, what it means to you. And also the macro events that are going on. They're going to drive – you just heard Tucker. I mean he said 2024 is going to be like no year in modern history. So that's a pretty good – that's a pretty good um, uh, forecast. And like I said, Tucker's a professional journalist. His dad was. He saw the love and respect he has for his dad. He wants to write a biography for him. He says he's already written in his head. Charlie Kirk joins us. Uh, Charlie, Tucker's coming to AmFest. I just got to say, I know you got you want to talk about some of this RNC stuff, but you've done, and I got to give you a hat tip. It's These things are not easy. What Tucker's launching when you launch a channel and all the work that takes, that is like 20 hours a day, seven days a week. What you guys have accomplished at Turning Point is nothing short of extraordinary. You, you, are, you are changing Thank the you. arc of history. And you guys have done it with just grit and determination. This AmFest is quite simply the best lineup of speakers I've ever seen. Uh, and I know how hard that is to do. 
So a hat tip, and Thank I know you. Tucker's looking forward to coming out there. I'll be out there. Again, tell us a little bit about Amfest, and then we can talk. Then we can talk about this debacle over at the RNC. Yeah, look, uh, Arizona's ground zero. And so for all the patriots out there that follow the War Room posse in Arizona, get your tickets. Uh, use promo code War Room, promo code Charlie. The tickets are very affordable, everybody. It barely helps us cover the cost, right? So um, come on by, you know, for 20, 40 bucks, whatever, you know, with the promo code, you guys get a world-class experience. When I mean world-class experience, it is 10 out of 10, right? Bannon, uh, War Room posse going to be doing the shows. I'm going to do my show. Tim Poole, Patrick Bet David. It's unbelievable, right? Not to mention we got country music coming concerts. We have 125 exhibitors, Steve. We have over 130 media members. The whole movement is going to be represented here. Uh, it's going to be amazing. So Ampest.com, you guys have been hearing us plug it a lot. Uh, and thank you for the kind words, uh, Steve. It's the team that deserves the credit. Uh, it's a world-class event. That's in addition to all of our high school chapters, our college chapters, Blexit, Turning Point Academy, TPUSA Faith. And what you see is an amazing picture of all the Turning Point ecosystem. We have the Turning Point Action Deal run by Tyler. We're going to have all the precinct committee and stuff, ballot chasing, holding the GOP accountable, getting rid of Ronna McRomney, all of that's going to be there, not to mention how to start campus activity. We're going to have hundreds of pastors from across the country. So this is not just, hey, show up, applaud, nice speakers. No, it's about action, action, action. And Steve, you are keynoting our Sunday day of action. It's going to be amazing. Sunday evening, Steve, I know you're going to bring down the house um, and having War Room Posse there is just amazing. The numbers are incredible. Uh, we're going to publish them right before uh, AmFest starts, but we are in pace. We're right there to be the biggest AmFest we ever had. Um, and so everyone can check it out, AmFest.com, promo code Charlie or promo code War Room. I don't care. Whatever you guys need to do to get uh, the discount there. And uh, I loved that conversation with Tucker, by the way, Steve. You did a great job. And Tucker said something that's actually going to be a theme for us on the Charlie Kirk Show and at Turning Point USA, um, which is repeated throughout the scriptures. Uh, it is this Hebrew word, Hineni, which means uh, here I am. Lord, use me uh, is the actual uh, translation. Yeah. Uh, willing is really the best trans. I love that. 2024 needs to be, the, hey, I'm stepping up. Uh, Samuel used it. Isaiah used it. Abraham, Moses, Jacob, all throughout the Torah and the Old Testament. Um, the heroes, when God needed to look for somebody, like, hey, is anyone willing to step up? Here I am. Uh, at the binding of Isaac, at the call of Jacob to Israel, Moses at the burning, burning bush, Samuel, when he was called into service, was always they repeated. It's not repeated a lot. It's only eight or nine times in the whole scriptures. One of the most powerful phrases, here I am. Amfest and going into 2024 needs to be the here I am year of those of us that are willing to stand and to have God use us for his purposes. So check out amfest.com. Yeah, I didn't want to use that time to talk about Topics of the day. Tucker and I could talk about that for hours, mm -hmm. and I'm always uh, interested in his observations. He's always got a, a, an incredible take on things. But the, the, the Tucker I knew from a decade ago or longer that that ran Daily Caller and the the Andrew ran uh, Breitbart was it's a different guy today. That's the important. The arc of his, the arc of his story is very important to what's going on today because he's such a major figure and he's more of a major figure today than even he was back then. But he is. He's he senses this darkness, right? And he's not a dark guy. I mean, he's a he's a he's an upbeat, optimistic, funny, always got that laugh guy. So it's very important to understand what he's seeing, and he's seen, and he's been all around the world. He's been the one out there in the last year, really doing the connective tissue between the Orbans and what's happening in Argentina and Brazil and Spain and all of it. Charlie, you, you've uh, your this RNC thing. Tell me about the letters of resignation. I'm not sure I totally understand this, so I've asked you to come on and explain it to me. 
What is going on with the, was it the Youth Advisory Council? Is there something up here? Yeah, I mean, the RNC launched a Youth Advisory Council, I guess, to try to get back a turning point. And it's completely fallen apart. Uh, five or six lawmakers that are part of it sent an open letter saying, hey, Rana, this thing is a joke. It doesn't do anything. Uh, it's nothing more than kind of a fundraising grab. Uh, we're done. And, and, and look, I, I have been very, very clear and publicly so. And the RNC attacks us in that article. They've attacked us before. They're more worried about attacking, attacking turning point. I don't care. Bring it on. Uh, we, we, have, we, we pick big fights and we win them and we finish them at turning point most importantly. So, you know, Ronna McRomney knows that, uh, which is why she's in a place of desperation right now, uh, which is, look, she has to resign. She's a loser. Her track record speaks for herself. And Steve, you said it great on John Frederick's show. Where's the grassroots muscle? Where's the staff? Where's the infrastructure? Where's the urgency? Uh, no, I'm sure she's a sweet person. She's always been very nice to me. I've never impugned her character or said that she's not pleasant or someone um, that might be really great, you know, at a soccer match for your seven-year-olds that are running around the field. Great. Terrific. We need a wartime general, okay? We need someone that understands what we're up against, someone that fights to win, that can guard the vote, that understands all the different sophistication of the ballot election laws, not someone that is, you know, the sweetest person uh, to go bring cookies to your neighbor. Okay. That's, that's terrific. That's nice. I want a wartime conciliary to use the godfather term. Okay. And someone's got to step out of the way and that's Rana. And we need someone to step up that understands it's going to take 20 hour days close the Washington, D.C. office, open up operations in Arizona, Wisconsin, Georgia, now, like immediately, work with the outside grassroots groups, and instead of trying to court or work with Turning Point Action, which is a beast, you know that, Steve, and this weekend we'll show what the Lord has helped bless us with, they're against us. They're, they're working against the conservative grassroots. So, Anyway, this Youth Advisory Council is just another example of what the RNC has become, which is a mockery. It is a joke. Uh, it's not just a joke with the grassroots, but also donors. Uh, this last weekend, we had 850 of our top donors at Mar-a-Lago. We raised a big sum, glory be to God, um, and they were giving standing ovations anytime a speaker would come up and say that Rana needs to resign. So she's lost the trust of the grassroots. She's lost the trust of the donors. Um, and Steve, it's not a matter of, well, I hope we win. It is mission critical to win in 2000. 24. And what a tragedy it would be that the MAGA movement, that Donald Trump, the greatest president of my lifetime, one of the greatest presidents in American history, would not become president because Mitt Romney's niece remained as RNC chair. What a tragedy for this beautiful country that would be. She's got to go. Now, I spent all the time on the debates and all the money in these debates, Arizona, Michigan, Pennsylvania and Wisconsin the state they're in extremis. I, I throw Georgia in there too. These state parties, particularly Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Arizona, which we have to win. There's no choice. Are in extremis. Uh, Charlie, what is your recommendation? How 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 are we to remove her? Yeah, I mean, look, Trump just got a call for her resignation. It's that simple. Um, if he does that before the winter meeting in Vegas and he says, look, you know, she's got to go, and uh, when I win, you get to go be ambassador to the Turks and Caicos. Great. So you get a nice little thing, Senate confirmed, go get a, uh, you know, go get a desk job in the Caribbean to go greet people there and represent the country. I don't know. And, and then go nominate somebody that has proven the ability to combine the grassroots, that has the trust of donors 
And that it's that simple. And so I, I've said this to the president privately. I'll say it publicly. Um, he needs to he needs to, if he if he's serious about winning, which he is. But, you know, there's some people around him that say, oh, no, no, Rana, we can work with it. How many times do we have to go through this, Steve? 2018, 2020, 2022. It's excuse after excuse. 2023. Oh, I can't work with state and I can't work with federal. You got to combine the different forces together and we got to win. Um, and Steve, you know it better than anyone else. President Trump's instincts are amazing um, and he needs the best possible team around him. And I want a strong and healthy RNC. I want an RNC that listens to the grassroots, that is able to combine the data, that understands that outside groups are going to fill in the gaps where the RNC and the campaign can't and won't. Um, and currently right now, what we have is a bitter and vengeful RNC that is trying to extract, re extract revenge, exact revenge on Charlie Kirk and Turning Point and Turning Point Action, Turning Point USA. You read that article in Fox News, they're there attacking Turning Point like that that's the priority of the rnc okay i hope the whole audience understands that got, the rnc is focused on trying to attack us yeah. we got to bounce charlie's up in 14 minutes see you then Charlie. For 10 years patriot mobile has been america's only christian conservative wireless provider standing behind their service and their values as a company they are an example of putting the cause ahead of profits and it's why i am proud and the war room posse is proud to partner with them for Black Friday, Patriot Mobile wants to give you a brand new smartphone when you make the switch today. Patriot Mobile offers dependable nationwide coverage, giving you access to all three major networks, which means you get the same coverage you've been accustomed to without funding the left. And repeat that, without funding the left. When you switch to Patriot Mobile, you're supporting free speech, religious freedom, the sanctity of life, Second Amendment, and much more. Their 100% U.S.-based customer service team makes switching easy. Keep your number, and for a limited time, get a smartphone for free. Go to patriotmobile.com slash Bannon or call 972-PATRIOT and use promo code FRIDAY76. That's FRIDAY76. Go to patriotmobile.com slash Bannon or call 972-PATRIOT. And use promo code FRIDAY76. Again, we're talking about a free smartphone. Offer is eligible only with the Black Friday promo code FRIDAY76. This is a limited time offer. Join me. Make that switch today. PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon. Promo code FRIDAY76. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. So we got a lot going on today. Uh, historically, there's going to be now a debate, and if Grace and Mo uh, over at Getter and a Rumble can uh, get up on Getter, and then we'll put it over to Rumble. I want to follow that debate. Probably go to C-SPAN. We'll get it. I'll be up giving commentary. Debate on the impeachment vote. Impeachment vote's coming today. Look, we have to make sure it's not a shiny toy. This is something that needs to be done. Has nothing to do with vengeance or revenge. Has nothing to do with that sad sack that um, intruded himself into American public life this morning and kicking off our show, uh, you know, Hunter Biden. Boy, I'm sure the White House loved that. They're getting eviscerated right now, particularly the fact he didn't answer any questions. Um, this has to be done. Elections have consequences. Stolen elections have catastrophic consequences. Boy, thinking about what Tucker's uh, thinking and Mike Lindell, and this uh, 
Rasmussen poll, 20% of your countrymen, these are voters, admitted to mail-in ballot fraud, that they either signed it for somebody else, they didn't fill out everything, they, um, they uh, you know, t- t- they, X amount of people said they, they voted in districts they no longer lived in. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's absolutely catastrophic. That's why I say the mail-in ballot was the way they rigged it. Mark Elias told you that. Bill McGinley and, uh, and Raheem Kassam on the Transition Integrity Project. Remember, they put the thing up, up in your grill, how they were going to steal it. We went around the country. During that COVID period, talked to hundreds of groups, most of them by Zoom, because you couldn't travel that much back in the, in the COVID days. It was still pretty restrictive. They told you how they were going to do it. That's why Tucker, hey, you think it, it had catastrophic consequences this time? Think about if we let them steal it next time. And this is one of the things with RNC. I just don't, and I'm pretty dialed into what's going on. I just don't feel it, particularly in a couple of states like Arizona, like Michigan, like Pennsylvania, the throw out three that are, and I, I ain't feeling all that great about Georgia or Wisconsin or Nevada. And particularly when they're going around trying to, trying to, trying to, um, Lock up, you know, the alternative electors. And what the, that's all lawfare. That's all scare attacks. So at noon, there's going to be a debate about the uh, impeachment of Biden. I will tell you, if they vote for this impeachment inquiry, they're going to vote for an impeachment. They're not going to do an inquiry. They don't think they've got enough to actually now formalize it, drop it in there, et cetera. Co- uh, and, and it's just not me ripping on Ducey and the Murdoch News white couch, curvy couch in the morning. Uh, Comer is out uh, last night on Newsmax saying he's never going to go back on, on, uh, on that show because Ducey takes such cheap shots at him. Now, Comer and I, you know, we have our own relationship. <laughs> he's not abandoned, right, Tell, telling the guy that day. And I've not been ecstatic about his television appearances because I think they're too scattergun. I'm just going to call it like it is. He, he chairs this enormously important committee and i think he's got the goods i'm not so sure they move with urgency or why would we be voting on this on 13 december with work to do over the holidays but you're going home who knows how fast you take this in january and february and it is an election year but we are where we are the continual financial crisis and people and you see you know the the congressman was on earlier Part of the Freedom Caucus, they're talking about a one-year CR, they get 1% cuts, and people are talking about a couple hundred billion dollars. My point to those guys, you got to junk that. you got to come in, and you got to be hard. And it's not about, you know, the $200 billion. It is about getting to the pre-COVID as a start. You know, with President Trump, I think in the first year, we came within $500 billion of, of closing. I think we could have done it if there was more people that had President Trump's back and Russ votes back, particularly about getting cuts. So impeachment today, uh, NDA, there's a lot of huge things. There's still the fight on Ukraine. There's so much going to Capitol Hill. I'm adamantly opposed. And if you call, I would appreciate if you do that in there, 202-225-3121, of what in the hell are you going home for? There's so much work to do here. Just stick here. Stick here and keep working. Keep grinding. Pass those appropriations bills. Don't let them be too hard. Work it out. Figure it out. Hammer it home. Because the situation of the finances, because the structural things, and now we got the grant interest rate observer agreeing with War Room and E.J. Antoni that, yeah, hey, he says 
The interest rates are going to be here for a long time, maybe decades, and the purchasing power of the dollar is going to continue to deteriorate. That's how they're defaulting on your currency and you. You keep working harder, you keep getting paid in the same dollars, but they can buy 20% less. Not hard to do the math here and not hard to see. It's not quantum mechanics. pretty easy to see how it's happening and how you're getting screwed. You being the backbone of the country and therefore kind of the backbone of the world. It's only going to get worse. This is why like companies like Home Title Lock, go to HomeTitleLock.com. Find out about this whole thing of cyber coupled with AI to get to your a title and take out a hard money loan on you know a second for a couple hundred thousand dollars. Then you got to pay it back with high interest. You don't have the ability to. Do, if you do that, you're not going to be a member of the Warren Posse. You're not going to have any time to not just watch the show, but to become empowered and become one of the leaders in this cadre. It won't happen, right? It won't happen. So this is why we want you to do that. Also, Jace Medical. Remember the CCP is all out in unrestricted warfare right now with us, leading to kinetic war. So it is so important to understand how they can chop block you. Dr. Sean and these team put together an entire business that Biden's going to sign an executive order about supply chains. These guys have worked around, done a workaround the supply chains. But just go. What we do is set these, uh, get, get in business with these guys, and then you go and look at their information you think it through, and you make a personal, individual decision. You're free men and free women. That's the backbone of this show. So go check it out today. Go to Jace Medical. Okay. Charlie Kirk is following with two hours of populist nationalism. You got Pasovic. We're going to be at AmFest this weekend with Real America's Voice. We're going to be doing hours of live broadcast. I want everybody there. We're back 5 to 7 tonight. At 6 o'clock tonight, a very special... Natalie Winters in a uh, a uh, great talent pool, breaking down the political impact of Taylor Swift. Very important. Could be one of the deciding factors in 2024, and I kid you not. I'm back here at 5, Natalie at 6. We'll see you then in the war room. For War Room veterans, you know we have been all over this supply chain issue with China and medications and the uh, active pharmaceutical ingredients. China has a stranglehold on us where there's a way to break that. Jace Medical. I got an emergency medication kit from them. The FDA just declared a global shortage of medication and warned that critical antibiotics are in stream short supply across the United States. But you know that. Because you're a viewer or listener of this show. Now, here's the action you can take to correct. Do yourself and your family a favor and get your Jace case right now. It's a pack of five prescription antibiotics you'll have on hand for common emergencies. Just visit jacemedical.com. That's Jace, J-A-S-E, jacemedical.com. Take a few minutes and fill out the form. Your information will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medication 
will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. You'll be glad you have the Jace case. Go to Jace Medical, that's one word, J-A-S-E, medical.com, and enter code Bannon at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code Bannon at Jace, J-A-S-E, medical.com. You know what the problem is because you've watched the show. You can break, you can take action and break that problem by going to Jace Medical and get your Jace case today. Action, action, action. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out. 